Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And today, my very special guest is Aaron Tyler of Triple Point. Welcome, Aaron. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're actually recording remotely, and Aaron's on video, and he actually waved when I said his name. So... (laughs) Uh, this is this is like radio. Uh, so Aaron and I are old friends. We used to work together at Lighthouse for many, many years, like nine years, I think. And Aaron's a total pro in the venture debt world. He's awesome to work with and has uh, worked with a bunch of the cruise consulting companies. So I wanted to have him on the podcast. Super happy to be here. So maybe tell your tell your life story. Tell, how did you get the trouble point? How did you end up in the venture debt world? I came from a liberal arts background in, in college. And, you know, I never fashioned myself a particularly tech forward uh or, or geeky tech person, but um, I started loving tech companies as an investment banker, uh, working at Roberts and Stevens, and, and just sort of almost got the kind of like uh, entrepreneurial bug in a slightly different way, which was not necessarily wanting to be an entrepreneur myself right away, but uh, but certainly wanting to um, uh, to work with a lot of entrepreneurs that I, I just found to be super inspirational people, and so. Um, you know, from from there, I sort of knew I really wanted to do to do something venture related, um, and I was fortunate enough to join a former colleague of mine at at a, a small firm outside outside of Boston here called Grand Banks Capital, um, and it was actually a horrible time for venture capital. It was two thousand two, <laughs> internet bubble had blown up, and I, I think for the two or two and a half years I was at Grand Banks, we probably looked at five hundred deals and invested in about one of them. Um, so it wasn't like a super robust, like, you know, really get get dirty with uh, deal negotiation and, and, you know, getting to the end of things, which I, I guess could, could you could say was a disappointment. But um, I got a lot of good experience in sort of thinking about the business and meeting people. And, and so much of the, the early stage venture business is uh, is learning how to read people and, and evaluate management teams and, and getting comfortable with that aspect of the business as much as it is about uh you know, market opportunities or the business model itself. Um, So, you know, one thing led to another. I actually had a great experience there and spent some time with a startup um, that we were incubating called, it was, it started off being called uh, You Locate and um, eventually became a company called Where that, um, you know, I did a little bit of business development for those guys and ultimately the company um, was acquired for eBay, by eBay for, uh, I think about 135 million. So it was a really great story. and I like to say that was a lot of money back then too. Like the, in a tough venture capital yeah. environment and valuation environment, like selling your company for a couple hundred million dollars used to be like an amazing situation. Yeah, yeah, no, and it, so that was that was fun. And, and by the way, when I had joined Lighthouse, um, you know, the company was still a Series A startup. Um, uh, Lighthouse being a venture debt shop that that Scott and I uh, shared a whole bunch of time at together, um, and and that was like one of my first deals at Lighthouse. So. Uh, I'm super happy that um, you know I I started out with those guys when it was like three guys in a in a dark room in, in our in our closet and then uh, you know kind of working working uh, working to a little bit of scale before they were acquired and and took some venture debt along the way so I spent ten years doing venture debt at Lighthouse plus or minus I kind of lose track um, and then I joined Triple Point over here. Uh, about four years ago to open an East Coast office. Um, Triple Point has been a um, a pretty good mainstay in the venture lending space um, for about 14 years now, um, but was heavily West Coast uh, based. And um, so there was a good fit um, when they were looking to grow the, the franchise. And, um, you know, it's been a super fun opportunity for me to, to bring a lot of my relationships and uh, some of the stuff that 
that I knew, um, you know, to, to Boston and New York and, and to a, a little bit lesser extent, you know, some of the, the places down around D.C. Yeah, I remember when you – well, I remember two things. First, you were like on ground zero of like the New York venture capital uh, scene just blowing up and New York startup scene. I, and like the deals that you and Ned did in New York in the Lighthouse Fund were just like phenomenal. Like I remember like out of nowhere – these awesome, so maybe talk a little about that. And then I remember you're looking at Trouble Point and I, they were like, yeah, they were gonna let you open up the, the East Coast office and run that. I was like, that's an awesome opportunity. Like they, they've always had a lot of capital and are good at raising money and you're like, that's all you can really ask for, you know, when you're doing deals is yeah. to have the wherewithal to do what you need to do. And that's, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, no, it's, it's um, it was, it was actually super interesting to, um, to start in a market like Boston, which has historically had a lot of, you know, telecom companies, a lot of sort of deep tech, you know, stuff, um, you know, of course, with MIT and, and everything being there, a lot of that stuff got started there and was, you know, one of the early places where, where venture funds, you know, started. And, and then, you know, to see the evolution to your point on, on New York and how it's really grown as a market. And and now, even though it's still a super expensive city to live in, sort of counterintuitive from the standpoint of, of, of having a startup there, you know, there's obviously lots of customers there, both consumer as well as uh, enterprise type customers, media companies, and, you know, it's, it's a great place to live. And so, you know, I, I think it's just continued to be um, a super uh, strong, strong spot for uh, for entrepreneurs, um, you know, we were a, a big lender to a company called Jet, which was uh, acquired and, you know, the serial entrepreneur started that company and um, happy to be part of the story there. And then, uh, you know, some of the other fun ones there. You guys were in Gilt. You guys were in The Ladders. Yeah. You guys were in Rent the Runway. Yeah, so many good companies out there. Yeah, Rent the Runway is a great story, too. It's one of my favorite stories because... Um, yeah. You know, I, I had a relationship with the founders uh, way back when they were like Series B and really just like getting the story off the ground and, um, you know, sort of took that relationship from Lighthouse. And, and then as the company continued to grow and need more capital, we've been a big supporter and a big uh, lender and investor in the company since uh, since I joined here. Uh, it was one of my one of my first and, and bigger deals here at Triple Point and um, still love what the company's doing. It's still growing. It's Every time Vanessa and I go to Vegas, she's got two rent the runway <laughs> dresses that we're she's wearing. So it, it totally works. It's an awesome service. Well, and and the, the best part about it is now that Vanessa's, you know, you guys probably aren't going to the wedding scene as much or, or doing the, the, you know, that kind of circuit. You can still, they can still serve her because they, you know, they now have the subscription business, the, the target demographic of which is the sort of professional mom um, and, and professional woman who, you know, doesn't want to have a closet full of clothes that she doesn't want to wear, um, yeah. wants to keep it fresh and, you know sharing economy you know well we did that uh aaron knows that we had a baby recently and ahead of that we cleared out vanessa's entire <laughs> closet and it was like exactly that simplify and uh, try to wear the same stuff more often you know kind of for both of us um well maybe you could talk a little bit about i mean like you you do deals all across the country but maybe talk about like the triple point value proposition yeah. like you know how you guys compete in the market one of the major reasons that I joined here is, you know, Triple Point has such a great um, broad platform. We have various pockets of capital um, that are not only national, both both coasts and, you know, of course, happy to do deals in the middle of the country, too. But um, 
uh, also a, a very robust European effort. And so, um, you know, just given the depth of the capital base, um, it allows us to do a lot of really interesting and flexible things that really no bank can do. Um, and, and, you know, we're just a different flavor of capital than, than equity, although we can also write equity checks. So, you know, we often lead early with a small equity check. Um, as you well know, in the venture world, lots of deals are sort of, you know, club deals. And so, you know, to be part of a group of firms and, and individuals that um, are, are excited about an opportunity is, is a way to get in early. You know the the fundamentals of this business, and and certainly the fundamentals of Triple Point are are built around relationship lending. It's so heavily relationship based. I mean, you know, lending as a as a practice is often thought of as like you know very numerical based. It's based on ratios. It's based on you know a lot of balance sheet and cash flow analysis, and it's based on. Um, you know, things that, that seem very rigid, um, quite frankly, and, and this is like completely counter to that. You know, it's it's thinking about who the people around the table are supporting the project, uh, both founders and investors, and what the dream is. I mean, this is really, it's, it's taking true venture risk. Um, you know, yes, we're we're still as a lender the first money out, but um, we like to think that we 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 do a lot of the same work and think in a lot of the same ways as venture firms do, and and really kind of take a lot of the same risk right alongside them. Um, and and that's you know going back to Triple Point specifically, you know we we love to get involved early, we love to lean in, we love to try to do things um, where the banks. Um, who are our typical competitors uh, really can't. And so, you know, whereas those guys will, you know, lend formulaically and, and sort of always have the, the rails that, that guide the bank world, we can go, you know, we, we don't even sort of think about rails. We, we, we kind of think about what the right amount of capital is and the best way that, that we can help the company um, and, and be like a really good long-term partner. Uh, and maybe to, to set it up, like, I think you said this very well, like the fact that you're so relationship driven and kind of evaluating different things outside of just basic financial analysis that a bank would do opens up this huge lending opportunity in startups. Because, I mean, you and I know this for many years, but like when we would say we're lending money to startups, people look at us like we were crazy. Like, why would you lend money to a company losing lots of money? That sounds terrible. But it turns out there's a lot of opportunity there. And maybe maybe talk about kind of how the mechanics of the industry work and why there's opportunity there. There's opportunity there because fundamentally, if a company is venture-backed, and, and we primarily lend only to venture-backed companies with, with, with few exceptions, um, but the fundamentals of the venture capital equity industry are rarely does a company raise a Series A round from top-tier venture capital investors and not get at least some sort of um, of Series B round follow-on capital, and so as a venture lender, and and you know, going up the line as as companies mature, you know, the the yes, companies still fail at Series C and Series D, but but as they begin to build more enterprise value, um, you know, it sort of mitigates the risk of the debt. But but to go back to my earlier point, as if you pick the right venture relationships and you're backing the right teams. 
Um, the reality is that, that most of the time, even if companies fail, as a venture lender, you can still get your money back with a, a, a double-digit coupon, um, right? You won't make anything on, on the warrant piece that you own. But And, of course, that's not what we're in the business for. We're not in the business to, to just try to clean up a, a company that fails and, and take home a, a nice you know a nice coupon. That's not it at all. Um, but but that is the the dynamic through which we can lend to very early stage companies and of course the you know the the whole flip side of that um of that conversation is you know we believe that we can also truly add value to the balance sheet here um of these companies such that when a startup that goes and raises um you know a 6 million dollar series a that gives him or her 12 to 18 months of cash, you know, if we can come in and provide some additional capital that gives them another, call it six to nine to 12 months of cash, that's usually a really good value proposition for both the entrepreneur and the investors. Um, the concept being that like those extra months are driving theoretically that company up the valuation curve and they can raise their next round of capital at a higher valuation and thus preserve more dilution for themselves. So it's a win-win for, for, for kind of everybody in that sense. Yeah. That's a, that's an incredible point And I kind of want to reiterate it. And I, I've always known those extra few months of capital are super valuable, but now when I'm working on the company side, I see it constantly, like just a couple more months and you get that much more customer traction or that many more proof points, which allows you to raise a much larger round, like a significantly larger round than if you didn't have that extra runway. And so it's not just like dilution, but it's also like the next round of capital can be a lot bigger, which can unlock a lot more stuff. So I'm, I'm a huge fan. I think you and I would both say like, use it, use venture debt as kind of like extra capital not build your plan around it. And I have that talk all the time with our clients where it's like, you know, if you're, if you, if your plan says you need $8 million, raise $8 million of equity and then raise two or three or four of venture debt so that you have that additional, you treat it as additional runway that you can unlock later. Yeah. And, and I would like to say, you know, most entrepreneurs always start out with the idea that like they, they only need this amount of capital to get to this point in, in their business. And it, it rarely ever works out that way. And so, you know, venture debt serves sometimes to help you catch up to what your original thought was. Um, and, and, you know, for the really good companies, it, it gives you true option value ahead of your next round to either continue to step on the accelerator um, or to be able to negotiate a better round right then because, you know, you have some venture debt in the, you know, available to you or in the bank. But the, the fact of the matter is most, most companies actually use it to catch up you know, to catch up to their, to their original plan, which is okay. Yeah. And every entrepreneur I've ever met uh, and had the pleasure of working with was always very optimistic. So it's not the catching up is like, you know, it's The business is going to get there someday. It just takes longer than everyone thinks. People don't even realize how long, like when you raise money, how much there's like a two or three month lag on just being able to hire the people you said you were going to hire like two months ago. You know, there's just so many things. Um, The other, the other nice thing about just the generally speaking venture debt is that that option that six to nine months of optionality? You know, you may actually have an uh, an M and A exit in that time, and by having extra capital and not having to kind of reset the valuation higher with new equity investors, it allows the entrepreneur to take more time to actually let an M and A exit happen. And I think people don't always know this, but like the second you do like your Series B or Series C, whatever the next round is. And you take an up, you take more capital at a higher valuation. You basically got to like three x that valuation. Um, so you can't just raise a Series B and then sell the company two months later. That's just never going to happen. 
um, unless it's like something incredibly special. So, so kind of prolonging that optionality with the debt is another just big win, you know? What, what are some, you know, like, what are some key terms for you guys? Because I know, I, and maybe you just kind of, you, you were kind of talking about the guardrails that a bank has, but I think it's, I think our client, I always think of when we're doing these podcasts, like, what do our CEOs want to know? And like, really kind of the nitty gritty on, on the term differential, the terms, like, the, what they're signing up for with you guys versus the bank. Yeah, so I, I think the, the things that we frequently see and frankly what we, we love to sell um, is you know a couple of things. First of all, um, there's virtually zero structure around any of the, the capital that we make available to companies, which is a, a better way to say that is these companies can use our capital like they can use their equity capital. Um, it is debt, so they eventually pay it back. But you know, it's not formulaic. It's not built around um, you know some sort of uh, availability based on these kind of metrics and these kind of ratios in the business. Um, we sort of think you know we we think about what the right amount of capital is and we commit that amount of capital and in in most cases you can draw that amount of capital on day one or day whatever the availability period end of the availability period is which leads to my second point we we typically whereas banks um typically have you know certain restrictions around how long they can make capital available if it's not drawn um, you know, we, we because of we're a fund structure can do a lot more um, creative things that way. And so the, the reality is we can actually provide what is essentially um, is, is longer opt- option value for for uh, the portfolio company, for the CEO or the CFO who's who's thinking about this, which is critical because, you know, whereas a bank might only give you. Um, you know, six or 12 months of, of availability period, you know, we can sometimes do things a lot more, a lot more aggressively than that. Um, you know, we, we virtually never have covenants in our deals. Um, that's really, again, a, a, a bank thing and, and something that we look at as, you know, putting guardrails around um, the capital that, that I think defeats the purpose at some point, at some level. And I guess finally, what I would say is, we do a lot of really what I, I think are really um, unique things in terms of how we allow customers to pay the capital back. In that, you know, we we provide various options for repayment that sort of scale, you know, based on different on on different things, um, you know, di- different lengths of interest only, different lengths of amortization, and you know, they're priced accordingly. But it really gives the customer um, a lot of different options to match to their own cash flows. Um, which I think is hugely valuable to people because what ends up happening is sometimes today you have this idea of like, I want this kind of a deal and this is how I want to repay it. But nine months down the line when you your business is in a totally different place and you're thinking about using this capital, you may change your mind um, and, and have a different um, uh, view on, on how you want to use this debt. And, and you can do that with our, our, our term sheets. And that's that I think is super valuable to people. Last time you were in San Francisco, I was giving you a bad time because it's like it creates a lot more work for the CFO. Right. <laughs> I have to like model out like four different things. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to kill myself here. Yeah, and it's, But it's, you're right. It does. It does actually create a lot of optionality. Like a very simple example might be like you guys might let someone draw down money for 24 months, interest only, and then they can pay it back on, on that, that moment. They can pay it back over 12 months or pay it back over 24 months in amortizing regular payments. That's right. So those like three choices actually 
create a ton of value for the CEO. Yeah. And as much as hard as hard as it is for me to do my Excel skills, it's definitely yeah. a good thing. The other to do. thing that we like to do, by the way, which I think is a big differentiation, is we're really comfortable um, forward committing capital that the company can grow into, which I, I think you know is is a way of sort of saying to people, hey, like you know, you asked for 5 million for, for now, and, and here's the 5 million that you want. We make that available to you, all these different repayment options, you know, but, but here's an additional X million dollars that, you know, we will be happy to unlock to you once you hit a business milestone, maybe when you raise the next equity round, whatever it might be. And it, it's sort of a way of us saying, not only um, do we believe in your business, but we actually want to go ahead and, and show you a path to a much larger relationship. Um, one of the things that so many companies, as you well know, run into is outgrowing the relationship with their bank, for example. And so like, because of the four and a half billion that, that Triple Point has raised and, and deployed over its 14 years, um, you know, we have a lot of capacity to, um, you know, to, to be a long-term partner with people. Um, and it, and it's really, really valuable about, uh, about three years ago, uh, the firm, uh, did, a, a public offering through, um, what's called a business development company. And you can read all about, uh, this, this part of our, our organization under the ticker TPVG on the New York stock exchange, but essentially it allows us to raise capital from the public. Um, and, to uh, to write really large checks to companies like Rent the Runway and Jet and Dollar Shave Club and Nutanix and um, uh, some of the other really probably well known and, and perhaps not well known companies, but but where they they require checks of you know twenty million and larger. Um, there's very few people in the industry that can do that kind of stuff, especially on a you know, to, to companies like still venture stage companies that aren't yet profitable. Um, and so that's given us a lot of latitude to be able to go into these companies, as I said, and say, here's what you want today. And here's a path to something much larger as you grow. And we want to continue to yeah. be your partner. That's a huge point. Cause like, even today I was telling you before we started recording, I have a, a new client for you. Their question to me earlier today was like, well, this is a $5 million deal, but would they want to do more? And I kind of like laughed because you guys have so much capital that you're really, you're kind of doing the $5 million deal just to kind of get a relationship going. And then you really want to do the $25 million deal. And, uh, and so I conveyed that to them and they're like, oh, that's great. That's, that makes a lot of sense. The other, the other kind of core things that you guys do really well, you, you uh, gloss over this a little bit, but there's like no Mac clauses. There's no investor abandonment, which a lot of people don't quite understand. And, and you know, the banks are very upfront. Like they require either a Mac or investor abandonment clause. Which basically means like, it's, I call it like the get out of jail free card. You know, like if the, the, the Mac is the most damaging one because it's like they can just say there's been a material adverse change in the company. We are calling the loan. We are putting you in default and we're going to get our money back. And then the investor abandonment is like they basically say they call your investors, the venture capitalists, and if they're not going to fund the company more, that's an event of default. And People, entrepreneurs don't always really understand that. And times have been pretty good for a while. So there hasn't been a lot of that. But I think when I am evaluating term sheets, that's like literally the first thing I look for. And and as you can imagine, like the the interest rates vary, right? Like I always kind of say banks are really cheap. They're they're great cost of capital, but they have these 
gotchas that could get you down the road, whereas you guys are more expensive, but you can truly use the money. It's, it's flexible capital that can be used. That's right. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right about all of those points. And really, it, it points back to like what I was saying earlier. I mean, it's, it's such a heavily relationship-based business that we try to not put a lot of that stuff in there that banks need um, because, you know, banks are regulated and, and we're a relationship long-term driven business. And so yeah. I think we like to look at a situation by feeling really good about the investors around the table um, and about the story and about the team and not hanging our hat on, you know, some of that stuff that tends to make, gives a lot of heartburn to entrepreneurs and also to their investors. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is we're, we're, we're going along for the ride just like the rest of the investors are. And I think we like to think that we also sort of um, like to wear our big boy or big girl pants, you know, alongside everybody. Um, you know, this is a business that, you know, sometimes it's really hard, but you know, you don't, you don't build a reputation. Um, I think like triple point has by, you know, by, by trying to call max and by, you know, putting people in default. Um, it just is, it's a, it's a way to kind of, really sort of soil yourself in this industry. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. As you well know. Maybe talk, I think it's a huge point. And it's, it's, um, it's easy, it's easy to take the lowest cost term sheet, but you're really most of the time doing yourself a disservice and it's, it's super important to understand that. So, um, Hey, maybe talk just quickly about warrant coverage. Like I, this is a question I get all the time. What is warrant coverage? How is it calculated? Why do, why does Trouble Point ask for warrant coverage? Maybe just explain that a little bit. Yeah, I, I like to say that you actually, as a portfolio company, as a CEO, you you actually want me to have, um, you know, an option for for some some uh, ownership in your company. And and by the way, it ends up being a very small percentage, but that aligns us um, in a really important way. I mean, obviously, we're aligned in that we're an investor. We we lend to you, and and we. We um, we are, are sort of along for the ride for at least some time period, um, but but this is a way in which we are a hundred percent aligned in the best interests of the company. Um, you know, and and like you know, as I said at the beginning of the conversation, this is enterprise value lending. It's future enterprise value lending. It's everybody looking towards the same goal of, uh, you know, having a great outcome, um, a big company, a successful company, whether that's profitable, whether that's being acquired, whether it's going public, whatever it might be. And, and part of that is, is all having alignment with a piece of ownership. The concept of a warrant is, is simply, um, that, you know, it gives us an instrument to, to buy, uh, usually preferred, but sometimes common shares, you know, again, in a very small amount. I mean, we're, we're talking usually less than 1% of the company on a fully diluted basis. Um, so, you know, in, in essence, it's probably what you're going to end up giving a few engineers, which, um, you know, again, every entrepreneur and for that matter, every venture capitalist fusses over every percentage point ownership of the company. So so we can appreciate that. Um, but But again, it goes back to the partnership approach that we take. And we like to say, you know, we're we think we're taking risk for you um you know on behalf of you we think that we're leaning in to give you this capital that you know will allow you to do a lot of great things and you know this is part of our return um and so you know it's it's as simple as that i mean the fact of the matter is you know many of those warrants are never are never really worth anything but but they do truly align us with the 
with the founders of the company and the investors, the other VC investors in the company, because um, because then we're playing for the long term uh, as well as just, you know, sort of the, uh, you know, making a, a coupon on our debt. Also, like you made this point, it's not a lot of equity. It's a very small amount of equity, especially relative to like a similar amount of money in a VC check. That's right. <laughs> and so it's like negligible, actually. Yeah. And then, you know, another point I make oftentimes is if these warrants are worth a lot of money, you aren't going to give – you're not going to care because that means you had a tremendous exit and you are retired and growing grapes in Napa or doing whatever you do on the East Coast skiing, I guess, or ice, ice fishing. <laughs> I don't know. I gave you a bad time. But you know what I mean? Like it's not – it's such a de minimis amount of equity and if, if, if you look at Trouble Point and you're like, oh, Trouble Point made a ton of money on my deal, well, odds are you made 100 times more money than they did and you're doing just fine. So it's really about, I like, I like how you're talking about alignment because that's really the most important thing with the lenders. Like it, they need to be there in the good times and the bad. And that's, that's really the most important thing. And if they're there in the bad times, you want to reward them in the good times. That's my basic philosophy. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And you, and you know, like you reference the fact that our capital is a little bit more expensive than a bank's, for example. And, you know, we probably ask for warrants that are a little bit higher than a bank's. You know, at the end of the day, this this all comes down to what are you getting for this capital, right? And and you know, we sort of look at the world and say we we think we do things um, in a fairly constructive way with a long term view uh, and and sort of a hundred percent support of the entrepreneur and 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 you know and his or her investors. And and so, you know, we, we like to think that for being a good partner that that, you know, that has a certain cost to it, just like, you know, sometimes taking the, uh, you know, the buying the cheapest shirt online is, is really not, you know, is not a good way to get a quality long term and lasting shirt that you're going to enjoy. I use the uh, Target versus Nordstrom's yeah. analogy. You know, my dad loves shopping at Target and God bless him. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's le- you get less you get a lower quality kind of thing for a lower price. And then, you know, I like to go to Nordstrom's and buy a shirt that's going to last well, and, and be there. And I also, you know. I also like to say, you don't pick your venture capital investor. When you, when you go out to raise your series A round, you don't just pick the cheapest term sheet, you know, the, the term sheet that preserves you the most dilution. You, yeah. you pick the, the investor that you know is going to be a long-term supporter of the company. And I, I honestly, I think that that goes the same way for, for your, yeah. you, you should look at your venture lender that way as well. Well, you and I have, because we've worked in the industry, we know how many times we bend over backwards or restructured a deal or may help, really help contribute to make the startup successful. And maybe on the outside or maybe for first-time entrepreneurs, they don't quite realize that happens. Um, but it does happen and it's worth, you know, paying up a little bit does help quite a bit. Uh, well, this is, this has been awesome. Maybe you could tell everyone where they can find you and yeah, for, and you're doing everything, you're doing stuff across the country, right? Not just East coast. Yeah. 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 No, I, I mean, we have, um, a robust, uh, group of, of my partners out in, in, uh, Menlo park. Uh, we have an office right on Sand Hill road. Um, and then we now have both a Boston office and a New York office um, where I am frequently in both of those places. So you can always find me out here. I'm uh, a Tyler, A-T-Y-L-E-R at triplepointcapital.com. And, um, you know, you can also, of course, find me on LinkedIn or you can ping Scott. But um, super happy to uh, meet all and, and uh, you know, all, all, all shapes and sizes and stages of, uh, of startups, um, even if you don't yet have venture backing and, uh, 
you know, just love to hear the stories and, and uh, love to see if we can be helpful. So. Yeah. And I can testify, you do a great job. You're awesome to work with. And I think we might have like two tumor sheets working right now, plus you're in another one of our companies. And I think there's a lot more on the way as we we're doing more stuff around venture debt. So awesome. thank you for being an awesome partner. Thank you to triple point. And, uh, we look forward to sending more cruise consulting clients <laughs> your way. Likewise. And, uh, I hope I look forward to you coming into San Francisco next time and meeting our baby and, uh, coming by the office. Right on, Scott. Well, thanks for having me. This has awesome. been awesome. I've, I've really enjoyed, uh, getting to know some of your your colleagues and seeing uh, how awesome the, the business that you and Vanessa have built is. And, and you know, I'm psyched to be uh, doing what I'm doing here at Triple Point. Great platform, great people, and uh, look forward to uh, working together. Awesome. All right, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks so Take much. Care.